Hey, welcome to the Monkey House Primates. So, thanks so much. I've asked around here to quickly uh, let you all know that we're in Sydney. We're about to be in Brisbane. So uh, very quick stop in Sydney. We're just here for a few nights. So come and see us. And then what are we doing? We're going up to Brisbane. We're going to do a Who Knew It with Matt Stewart at Good Chat. And we're also doing a couple of Dryer Dryers, our comedy festival show. It's the last run of the whole tour. So come on down, Brisbane. That's right. And in Sydney, we're at the Manning Bar and at the Chippo for the Who Knew It. Really pumped up. Hopefully see you all there. Uh, now on with the show. Ook, ook. What is that what the monkey say? Yeah, ooga cha cha. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit PlanetBroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Primates, the podcast where we explore primates in popular culture from Chimban A to Chimban Z. I'm your host, Matt Stewart. I'm here by myself in my Brisbane accommodation, standing in the kitchenette and uh, having a real good time. Um, I was planning on getting some other guests in, but I just haven't got around to it this week. I'll try and do that for next week if the coronavirus hasn't fully wiped us all out. Um, the shows have been going well here at the Brisbane, Brisbane Comedy Fest Eval. I've had a couple so far, met a bunch of listeners, had a real good time. Um, it's loose and fun so far. Four more to go if you want to come along and you're in Brisbane, you can get details and tickets via com. and that is also true for the Melbourne Comedy Festival and the Sydney Comedy Festival after that. If you remember that, go ahead. Which uh, We got an email from Melbourne Comedy Festival recently and it is all going ahead as planned at this stage. So that's cool. Um, so I've had a few suggestions for uh, weird monkey and primate stories from listeners. This first one, to be honest, have not read it, so I'm going to read it out uh, with you live. Uh, this one's from Rachel in Melbourne. I mean, how, how could you go past this headline? Um Zookeeper helps constipated monkey pass peanut by licking its butt for an hour. I think that pretty much sums it all up. But, um, you know, there, there's maybe there's more to it. Uh, let's see. What what did Rachel has said here? Um, I, I asked a question in the form you can fill out to suggest topics, and I said one of the questions is why would it make a good episode? And she wrote, I think it's obvious why. So let's find out. Uh, this is an article uh, in Gorka.com by Nitsan Zimmerman, and it feels like it's not true, but I'll read it anyway. As stories about a Chinese zookeeper licking a monkey's butt in order to save its life go, this one from China Smack is by far the most endearing. After a young Francoise, France, 
Francois leaf monkey in his care consumed a peanut that had been tossed into its enclosure. Wuhan, oh shit, Wuhan Zoo employee Zhang Bangsheng noticed that the animal had become dangerously constipated. This story, oh, okay, this story's from eight years ago, a bit before the trouble. Uh, being too big, well, I mean, they had, obviously, I didn't realize they'd had an earlier trouble eight years ago. This is probably up there with being the um, hell mouth for coronavirus. Being too young, uh, being, sorry, being too big to pass through the monkey system naturally. Holy shit. So it's a, it's a really tiny, small monkey. There's a photo of it. It's, uh, you know, a bit, little bit bigger than sitting on your hand sort of size. Uh, being too big to pass through the monkey system naturally, the peanut had to be extracted manually. Apparently, that meant licking it out. <laughs> Zhang told local reporters the three-month-old Lutang was too small for laxatives. You're never too small for laxatives. No, that's, that's... I have nothing to base that on. So he had no choice but to extract the wayward legume with his lingua which must be a fancy word for tongue, I guess, after washing its bottom with warm water, because not doing so would be disgusting, Zhang spent an hour polishing the monkey's pooper before the peanut finally popped out. Beautifully written. Uh, what became of it is up to your filthy imagination. Well, you're the reporter. Shouldn't, surely it's up to you to report on. But trying to schmack, I mean, I should say, they're reporting based on another... Another blog, which is called China Smack, so I'm confident this is very true. Uh, but China Smack says the caretaker subsequently laughed with satisfaction. <laughs> oh, that is a very satisfying end to the story, actually. <laughs> Zhang laughed with satisfaction. All right, well, that's a great story. Thanks so much, Rachel, uh, for sending that one in. I've been watching. I was. I've, I've just been watching. Uh, this new show on Netflix called Lock and Key or something like that. It's based on a graphic novel and I've been I've been praying for some sort of a monkey or ape appearance, but it hasn't happened so far in the first eight episodes. So um, that was, my hope was I was going to be able to do it about that with some tenuous link. Talk about that today, but not to be the case. Anyone been watching it? You can't respond right now, but um, be fascinated to know uh, your thoughts. I kind of like it. There's some things I really like about it, some things I find really tedious, but I'm watching it to the end, all the same. Okay, this next story comes from Antonia Daly from Lawton, wherever that is. And the story is called, this one's slightly longer, it's called Victorian Strangeness, The Ship Taken Over by Animals. And this is from the BBC in 2014. More fresh news. It's been reported in 2014, but the story is, I'm guessing, from Victorian times. Here we go. Take one ship, add a consignment of ferocious beasts in flimsy containers, send it into a stormy ocean and stand well back. Author Jeremy Clay tells the extraordinary story of horror on the high seas. I think that's non-fiction author Jeremy Clay. I don't think this is an article about a fictional story, surely. Uh, She was so late they had given up as lost. They had given her up as lost. Another ship swallowed whole by the ocean on the perilous crossing to America. Then one day, in January 1890, okay, pretty fresh news, uh, a good year, 1890, with all hope gone, the British bar, British bark, Margaret 
the British, I'm guessing barks are kind of ship. The British bark, Margaret, limped into the harbour at Boston, her captain and crew wearing the haunted expressions of men who would never need to be told that worse things happen at sea. Their story was a singular mix of Noah's Ark and the mutiny on the bounty. To Lloyd's weekly newspaper, it was the, quote, most remarkable voyage that has been chronicled outside the realms of fiction for a long time. Captain Sergeant, what a name, Captain Sergeant. <laughs> that is very good. Captain Sergeant, an expert in understatement, simply said it was an experience he didn't wish to repeat. The Margaret had slipped out of port on the west coast of Africa with a full cargo and a couple of stowaways who quickly found themselves wishing they'd crept onto a different boat. In the hold was a consignment of live animals being shipped from Durban to a museum in the States. 400 cockatoos and parrots, 12 snakes, some monkeys, a gorilla, an orangutan, and two crocodiles. Holy shit, uh-oh. They write, uh, first to die were the birds, starved when the ship's swarming rats, rats scoffed all the corn that had been provided as feed. Jesus, the raging storm the Margaret ran into set in motion the chain of events that accounted for most of the rest of this floating menagerie. As the ship was tossed about on wind-swept, uh, wind-whipped waves, the snakes and crocodiles broke free of their crates. How did a snake break? I didn't think it could really break crates open, but uh, broke free of their crates and invaded the crew's quarters forcing the sailors to seek shelter in the cabin for days on end. And then what? Then they'd pop out? <laughs> Surely not days on end for the whole trip. Uh, quote, These reptiles, along with the rats, kept up a continual warfare until the surviving crocodile killed the last snake, said the paper. These reptiles, along with the rats, kept up a continual warfare until the surviving crocodile killed the last snake. Holy shit and completed the chain of vengeance by ki- uh, being killed by some of the cargo shifting and falling on it. Ah, the circle of life. Um, you know, you, you come from a crate, you're killed by a crate. I've always said that. As the snakes and crocodiles battled for supremacy, the monkeys also broke free and took to the rigging, uh, where all efforts to dislodge or shoo them <laughs> proved fruitless until the crashing sea did the job. Sweeping most of them away, along with sections of the mast. Oh my god, this is a tragic tale. The most troublesome passenger of all was the gorilla. Five foot, or 142 centimetres tall, and understandably dismayed at the changing circumstances. Yeah, I mean, gorilla on a ship is... All this sounds like they didn't know what they were doing in 1890. Um feel like animal uh, welfare wasn't as high of a priority in the 17th century. Uh, wait, 19th century. That confuses me. 19th century. <laughs> it's 1890. Uh, he'd been secured in a stout wooden box until he forced off the lid and clambered out. Having, ob- uh, quote, having obtained possession of an iron bar, he commanded all objects within 10 feet of where he was chained, reported the Devizes and Wiltshire Gazette. With this formidable truncheon, he threatened to brain every sailor who came within range. Why would you go within range? Uh, the cook one day, unwarily approaching, heard the... Bu- un- How is he unwarily approaching? 
there's like it's chaos there with some of the fiercest animals in the world on the loose. The cook one day, unwarily approaching, heard the bar whistling through the air and ducked, but not in time to save his head, which was half scalped. Whoa. Stunned by the blow, really he was stunned by that. The cook was then seized by the gorilla, which would doubtless have throttled him had not a sailor come up with a hatchet and stunned the monster. It's not a monster, he's an animal you brought onto the ship, you fucking morons. Uh, when the ship and its weary crew finally docked, the museum staff arrived to collect their cargo. Whatever space they had allocated for their display of wildlife... I mean, a museum, it does not feel like the appropriate place for live animals. Whatever space they had allocated for their display of wildlife, it was far too much. All that was left to hand over was the gorilla, three monkeys, and four parrots. Whoa. So it seems like that's a real story. What a nightmare for all involved. Probably, especially the animals who would not have understood what was going on. Uh, thank you for that story, Storia, Antonia. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, and then finally... One uh, story that came up in my uh, alerts today, obviously Google knows what I'm interested in because it sent me an alert about this uh, Daily Mail article, another reputable uh, outlet, media outlet, uh, and this one's titled, Guards Dress Up as Gorillas to Scare Off Monkeys Near India's Border as the Country Faces Increasing Numbers of Rampaging Macaques. A lot going on there in the headline alone. So I'm looking forward to getting into this one, although it feels like it's a another modern-day tragic story. There's three dot points below the headline. They really don't trust people to read articles anymore, I don't think. Um, so after that super long headline, then it writes, dot point one, the guards at the India-Tibet border chase the monkeys away from their station, dot point two, Vicious macaques have been known to attack people and even babies in India. Babies, of course, not being people. And thirdly, Indians suffer around a thousand monkey bite injuries every day. The pests steal food and cause damage to property. Calling monkeys pests. What a wild place that is. All right, so this is... In Australia, a pest would be like a cockroach or a, a rat. In India, apparently monkeys are seen as pests. That's wild. Um, so this article is written by Ryan Fay. And it was published on the 10th of March. Oh, so it's a couple of days old. Uh, he writes, Guards have dressed up as gorillas to scare off monkeys near India's border. We got a lot of that from the headline. While the, uh, while the country tries to manage a growing population of rampaging macaques. Or macaques. Footage shows officials on the Indian side of the border wearing gorilla-type costumes and chasing a troop of macaques back to the jungle. The booming primate population has reached crisis levels in India 
in recent years, with spates of attacks on humans, including babies being killed by the animals. Holy shit. Uh... In the short clip, the men turned apes can be seen emerging through the door of the Murthy ITBP camp station in India's eastern Uttarakhand province, and the vicious creatures immediately scatter. As the guards slink below the highest wall, keeping in character with the high-knuckle walk, most of the monkeys have already bolted away from the compound. I'll link to all these articles, so you can also watch the video if you want to. Oh, yeah, let's have a little look at it now. Okay, so there's... You can see... Yeah, there's a bunch of monkeys. And then... Nothing much going on. There seems to be a man standing at the top. Can't see any men in gorilla suits. Oh, here they come. 30 seconds in, a couple of gorilla men coming down. I'm not convinced by these gorilla men. I mean, I already knew that they were men in suits, but do they, they've got tails. They're not gorilla suits. Um, but yeah, that has worked. They're sort of just sort of hunched over and walking down, and that's scared them all back into the trees. Huh. You know, you do what, you do what works. <laughs> the article goes on. To say, the closer the guards get, the more spooked the macaques become, and they dart across the road into the nearby jungle. To ensure all of the pests have left, the border guards continue along the lower wall. As they near the end of the platform, it, it seems that one of the ferocious pests is brave enough to wait a while. After standing up tall and showing their gorilla dominance, the last macaque gives in and slinks off reluctantly. Jeez, it's probably lucky. I feel like a, a man in a... Like a half-assed gorilla suit would not stand much of a chance against a, an angry macaque. Macaque. Indian officials are at a loss as to how, they, uh, how to confront the growing dis uh, displaced primate population in the country. Maybe one uh, way would be to replace them somewhere. Um, one tactic, as seen in the video, is for humans to dress up to scare the monkeys away, the Daily Star reported. Oh, is that one of the tactics? That wasn't clear from the rest of the article. Some people don't believe the masquerade will last long and that the monkeys will figure out that it's just humans behind the mask. It's only a matter of time before they figure out what they, uh, that these are humans. See, monkeys do have some intelligence. One Twitter user said, this is, this is a great illustration of the state of journalism. One Twitter user said, <laughs> fucking hell. Indians were concerned last month when US President Donald Trump visited the Taj Mahal an attraction that employs, an attraction that employs guards to catapult monk. What? An attraction that employs guards to catapult monkeys to stop them harassing tourists. What? An attraction that employs guards to catapult monkeys. What the fuck? In May 2018, two French tourists were injured by monkeys as they took selfies at the tourist spot. If such a large troop of monkeys attacks Donald Trump's entourage, it will be a disaster, one local resident told India Today at the time. The resident, who feared disaster, said the sterilisation measures had failed despite a £200,000 effort by local officials. The terror of the monkeys is so per pervasive that women and children are scared of going up on the roof of their houses. 
they're scared of going up on the roof of their houses. Is that, I'm guessing that's a thing that happens. I, I'll go up on the roof occasionally, <laughs> I guess. But maybe that, yeah, maybe that's a thing that people like to do over there. Because uh, apparently most of the roofs have been taken over by monkeys. Women and children are scared of going up on the roof of their houses. That's a weird line. Uh, luckily, no such incident occurred during the president's recent visit. The monkeys most feared are the rhesus macaque, which are known for their antisocial behavior. Yeah, they'll lock themselves in their rooms and won't talk to you for ages. Indians suffer around a thousand monkey bite injuries every day. The pests steal food and cause damage to property. Growing cities have reduced their natural habitat and made the primates masters of studying human patterns of behavior and exploiting their weaknesses. Holy shit, that's scary. Such as where they leave food unattended. I think our version of that in uh, Australia would be possums or maybe um, maybe the... We've got Indian minor birds. They're very good at um, getting around the city. Indian officials have sought to manage the problem with a widespread sterilization effort. And that is how the article ends abruptly. Uh, yeah. Interesting. So, wow, that's all very wild. So, yeah, it does feel like uh, the real animals in this case are humans. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, they've the habitat's been... Um, diminished to the point where they have to live in urban areas and then it's like yeah these are the pests come on can't you see what's going on here just need to find them a place to live stop cutting down their fucking homes all right well they're they're three feel-good stories i mean i should have ended with the one about the guy licking the monkey's butt that actually turned out to be the heartwarming one of the three which is why i shouldn't be surprised by that um so uh, normally at the uh, this point of the show would give a banana score uh, to the story. I, maybe I'll just pick my favourite of the three, and it's probably the butt licking one. I'd say uh, the other two were super tragic and didn't have happy endings. Unlike that peanut got out that monkey's butt. Everyone's happy, uh, and of course, <laughs> I mean everyone's happy, and as well as that, the caretaker subsequently laughed with satisfaction so that's i don't think stories end much happier than a, a satisfying laugh so i'm giving that uh, a full seven out of seven bananas and uh thank you so much to rachel for suggesting that one um and we also talk about how we share about 98 99 dna with chimpanzees and then uh, often talk about how much of ourselves we see in these characters uh, I can I can definitely process peanuts. Um, I've I've done it many times before. Not to brag, but it's true. So I don't really relate to that monkey too much, and that's really all we knew about it. Uh, I reckon if I was a chained up gorilla on a ship, I would take a swing at at the cook as he came up to me nonchalantly. Um, so maybe he's the one that I relate to the most in this story. I'm gonna say. 76%. All right. Well, now it's time to thank a few Patreons. You can support this show as well as the other shows in this podcast network, including Do Go On, uh, which yesterday's episode came out was about the history of the Eiffel Tower. 
Uh, Dave did a report on that. It was very fascinating, a real roller coaster of emotions. So a hot tip to listen to that. Also, Book Cheat is another one that Dave does where he reads a classic book so you don't have to, and he fully summarizes that with a couple of guests. And then uh, maybe the best podcast of them all is a podcast I do with my cousin Sam called Listen Now, and it's about uh, music. We did season one. It's 19 episodes long, so you can smash it out in a couple of weeks probably where we went through the back catalogue of Cold Chisel Australian rock legends. And uh, we've had a lot of feedback about it with people who've listened to it. They never knew Chisel before and uh, ended up uh, really getting into their music or at least enjoying the journey of us uh, doing that because we both started off sort of casual fans and ended up being right into them, hardcore. They'd they'd be right up there with my favourite bands now. So, yeah, give that one a listen. Listen now. Uh, I think those uh, link to that will be in the show notes as well as the articles. But if you support those shows on Patreon at patreon.com slash do go on pod, you get a bunch of different rewards depending on the level. Um, on a certain level, you get extra couple of bonus episodes per month. Um, this month's uh, bonus episodes, uh, the first one that came out is actually, um, because this might be news to some of you, but I'm probably going to put Prime, this show primates on hiatus after after the hundredth episode. Just give it a break for a while and start. Going to start up a new project, which at the moment is going to be called "Who Knew It" with Matt Stewart, and it's going to be about a different topic each week. And I'm I'm confident I'll still do uh, monkey and ape topics semi regularly for people who are keen on that. Um, but yeah, the first bonus episode this month was a little. A pilot episode of that where the topic was Spain very broad the country of Spain um, and I had Dave and Jess from Do Go On as guests on that so you can uh, check that out if you go to patreon.com slash do go on pod sign up on the DB Cooper level uh, another another reward you get is uh, a Patreon shout out on this show and you get to tell me your favorite primate or some sort of primate fact or anything like that I should also say, like, leading up to the 100th episode, I'm kind of keen to just do the biggest movies and topics that people want to do, especially through April, which I think we'll try and do, like, the four four of the big eight movies during that month. Um, I might put a poll up with a bunch of movies and things that we haven't done yet. If you haven't suggested any yet, I'll, I'll grab them all out of the suggestion hat, which is linked in the show notes as well. And if you do that, then I'll put up a big poll and then um, so however many episodes are left, 10 or or however many by the time I do the poll, I'll just uh, go through the 10 most popular of those as we um, close out this first run of the show. Anyway, uh, like I was saying, there's a few shout-outs to do here from Patreon supporters. Firstly, I'd love to thank Lucy Harrison, who writes, My favourite primates are the Japanese macaques or macaques at the city park in Launceston. I've gone to visit them. I grew up in Launceston, so got to see these monkeys fairly often. I know you've mentioned the City Park monkeys before, so I looked for some new info about them. Apparently, they eat primate cakes made from rolled oats, molasses, and vitamins and minerals, and like to play with popcorn in plastic bottles. New, but not necessarily interesting info. Thanks for the pods and the giggles. Thank you so much, Lucy. That's great. Yeah, I don't know what I mentioned about them before. We, um... Me and, uh, I don't know if Evan was on that project, but we made a documentary about the Melbourne International Comedy Festival Roadshow where we 
followed around the tour and, and um, did a four-part documentary series for SBS. And, uh, yeah, that was a really fun sequence where we filmed of the, the comedians checking out the checking out the macaques in Launceston. Very, I remember that being very fun. Um, yeah, it's such a bizarre thing. It's like a, if you don't know what it is, it's sort of, it's like a pretty well set up zoo enclosure, but it's just in the middle of a park, not in the middle of a zoo. So it's, it's really quite strange. I think maybe an eccentric millionaire or something set it up many years ago, but yeah, it's probably a story I should look more into. Anyway, thank you, Lucy. Santeri Raikkonen uh, writes, my favorite primate is the Barbary macaque, another macaque head. Uh, the only non-human, the good kind, primates that live in Europe, and as far as I know, the only monkeys that have had military protection by humans. Maybe a topic for an episode of primates as well. They are present in a Jules Verne short, so get that guy that reads books on other people's behalf on it. I think he's talking about Dave there. Uh, also, don't read this out loud if Evan is in the same room. Oh, thank goodness, because he's not. Uh, but in Jojo Rabbit, there's a girl in the wall who is considered by some in said film a non-human primate. Uh, I like. I still haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, but that's, yeah, I should really check it out. Uh, I like that character a lot, but since she is, in my eyes, an, a human primate, she doesn't count for this. Thank you for the great podcast, and please keep it up. Primates always cheers me up if I'm feeling down, and even if I'm in a good mood. Well, uh, sorry about that news that I'm, <laughs> I just said about how I'm give, giving this a hiatus, but the good times will still roll. The new show will be very similar in the vibe to this, uh, I promise. Gary J, right, uh, sorry, thank you again, Santeri, Santeri. Uh, Gary J. Gary, Gary J writes, Hi all, it's me, Gary J from the UK. I'm hoping Matt did his great Brahmi accent there without me prompting him. Is that a Brahmi accent what I'm doing? I'm not even sure. Just a little fact about primates here. Chimpanzees, gorillas and orangutans all catch colds, but monkeys do not. I know it's not a fun fact, I just wanted another shout out. That is a fun fact. I wonder why that is. I guess, because we're... We're great apes like chimpanzees, gorillas, and orangutans. So maybe, yeah, there must be something to do with that. Monkeys do not. Very interesting. Thank you so much, Gaddy J from the UK. And finally, Daryl Finland writes, I'd originally claimed that the capuchin as my favorite primate, shout out an ep 30, I believe, but after a recent zoo visit, I'm all about the pygmy marmoset. Yes. The damn thing was so cute. It was making noise and me at me and wanted to steal my hat. Uh, you cheeky monkeys. Why did you steal my hat? Classic kids book, that is. Um, I'd have taken it home with me if I could. Daryl, you, you can't, but I appreciate the... <laughs> don't, steal that, don't steal that marmoset, man. It'll be big trouble. It'll probably end up mutineering your ship on the way home. And yeah, it actually won't work out well for anyone. Thank you so much, Daryl. You are you are bang on. Those pygmy marmosets are ridiculously cute. And an animal that I'd never heard of before doing this show. It's wild how many primates uh, that I've discovered since doing this show for the last couple of years. Uh, please give us a review. This sort of brings us to the end of the episode. Please give us a review at uh, wherever your podcast thing comes out. I think iTunes is the big one, but you can do it 
I believe at other places as well. And uh, I'll read out those reviews when they come through. There's a couple that have come through in the last week, but I'll, I'll maybe I'll save them for when I've got guests to bounce them off. Um, people can find us online at Primates Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and at gmail.com if you want to get us on the email. Uh, you can find me at the Brisbane Comedy Festival for the next four nights. And then uh, Melbourne Comedy Festival for three and a bit weeks. I'm also doing live Do Go Ons, uh, another podcast I do during the Comedy Festival on Saturday afternoons at 2pm, I believe. And you can find details for that uh, and my Melbourne show at comedyfestival.com.au. And then the Sydney Comedy Festival, which you can also find out details for all my solo shows at mattstewartcomedy.com. Link in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Sorry that this was... Probably a bit tedious with it, me running it solo, but I'd, I've never missed a week and I didn't want to miss one this week. And yeah, you know, sometimes I'm I'm okay with my own company, you know. I can handle just hanging out by myself like a, like a loser. It's cool. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, now I'm going to have to riff a sign-off. Um, we know always riff a promo-related sign-off on the show. So thanks so much for joining us and uh, let's all lick a monkey's butt. Good night. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.